So glad to get to speak this morning. Uh, you know, however you are joining us, so glad that you did. Just make this moment a priority. You know, I know you could get distracted with a lot of things and, you know, be uh, faced with a lot of things, especially if you're at home or you're, you know, driving down the road, whatever you're doing. Uh, it's easy to get distracted, but let's really place a priority this morning on the Word of God because it's the Word, only the Word of God that can truly change your life. The Bible says that when we sow the Word of God, it's like a seed. And that seed grows with force and strength. And it drives out every opposing force. Well, who wouldn't want to put the Word of God in if you knew that Word of God was driving out the opposition, right? We're all wanting the opposition to be driven out of our life, whether it's fear, stress, worry, maybe some sickness, some disease going on in your body that should not be there. Maybe it's some poverty or some lack uh, lingering, you know, in your bank account, which should not be there. It's a seed of the Word of God being sown in your heart, exercised, watered, protected. It grows, and the Bible says it dominates every, drives out every opposing force. That's why it's so important that we place a demand on the Word of God. Here's another side to that. The Bible also says that the enemy is sitting right where you're at. I know, don't look around on your couch. It's not your kid. It's not your two-year-old, although you might think it is. Not your spouse. But the enemy comes to try to steal the word before it's even planted in your heart. So don't think, you know, the smoke alarm going off in your home right now because you burnt the bacon isn't a distraction of the enemy. He's trying to keep you from not getting the word of God. Maybe that phone call, maybe that text message pulling you out of a place from hearing the word of God. The enemy always wants to steal the word before it gets planted because he knows that it's the word of God that can stop him. Yep, it's the word of God that can stop him. So let's get into what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, you know, the world, world that we live in right now can feel so harsh. It can feel so crazy. It can feel so overwhelming. And, and if we're not cautious, we can get crazy and overwhelmed with it. If you didn't hear last week's message that uh, my amazing husband spoke, uh, you need to download it. You need to listen to it. You need to go back and listen to it because he preached a message entitled, All These Things Are Against Me. You know, he told the story of, of Joseph, but he told it from Joseph's father, Jacob's perspective. He talked about Jacob's perspective and, and the life that, that Jacob already lived up until that point already felt, you know, so hard. His most cherished wife died giving birth. His favorite son, Joseph, was no longer alive, so he thought he, thought he had been eaten by wild animals. There was a severe, severe famine in the land, and they were at the point of having no food, so there was no provision left for his family. And uh, in the process of getting food, if you read the story or, or saw the movie, his oldest son was put in prison, and now in order to get the food that they so desperately needed, he had to let go of his youngest son, the last remaining son from the wife that he loved so much. Last week, Randy pointed out the fact that as Jacob looked at his situation, he felt like everything was against him. In fact, that's what he said. He said, all these things are against me. There is nothing working in my favor. But at the end of the story, we find out that's not true at all. 
That's not true at all. All things were not against him. In fact, it was all working for him. His perception was all these things, all of this frustration, all of this struggle, all of this coming at me, it's just against me. Everything is against me. But it wasn't true. All those things were actually setting him up for good. All of those things God was using to benefit him, to prosper him, to save his life, to save his family. So he felt like all those things were against them, but that wasn't true. They were working out. It was God's working that was working it all out for his good. And a lot of the time, we feel that same way. We look at our current circumstance, maybe we look at our world, and not just our world. I mean, if you're honest with yourself, it's not just that I have to wear a mask into the store. It's not just my kids aren't going to school. It's not just, you know, we can't actually gather in a building for service. There's so much going on in your own individual world that really has nothing to do with what's going on on the outside. Some of you on, your, on the inside, man, you're just battling just loneliness or, or oppression. Your family is struggling. Maybe the family dynamics you feel like are falling apart. Maybe financially, you just feel like you're in turmoil. Soulishly, you just feel like, man, if I get any more bad news, it's just going to affect me so severely. And you, we, we can feel like, man, all these things are against me. And we start asking ourselves, man, what am I doing wrong? Have you ever been there? Seems like all these things are happening in the negative. That pile effect, up effect is going on, and we tend to ask ourselves, man, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? You know, the Bible says in John chapter 9, verse uh, number 2 and 3, the disciples, they're hanging out with Jesus, and, and Jesus approaches this man who is, who is blind. And in verse number 2, the Bible says, the disciples said, Rabbi, his disciples asked him, says, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Jesus says, it wasn't because of his sins or his parents' sins. He says, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. The disciples were focused on what's wrong. They were obsessing over why. Why? What happened? Who did something wrong? Why, was this ha- Why did this happen to this man? What happened? What was wrong? Why me? Jesus says, you're asking the wrong question. You guys are focusing on the wrong thing. It's not what's wrong in this situation. It's what's getting ready to happen that is right. It's getting ready. Something powerful is getting ready to happen. It might feel like everything's going wrong. But instead of asking, why me? What did I do to deserve this? Let's start looking at the bigger picture. God is working something big out for your good, not your destruction. You know, our perspective in this world is so one-dimensional. You know, we tend to live our life by what we see, what we feel, not realizing that there is a plan so much bigger than us. There's an eternal plan. That's why I believe this verse is so powerful. John chapter 16, verse number 3, Jesus is hanging out with his disciples. 
And he knows what's getting ready to happen, and he's trying to explain it all to them, you know? And they have limited perspective, kind of like we do. But Jesus says to them, I've told you this so that my peace will be with you. He says, in the world, or the world system, he says, you're going to have trouble. That word trouble means suffering, distress, oppression, affliction, difficulties, disease, all that stuff that's piling up against you. Jesus says, but cheer up. He says, I have overcome the world. Now listen, I know it might not seem like you can cheer up in your situation or when I have felt the pile-up effect in my life that, you know, it feels like, oh, let me just cheer up, work, make everything better. But you know why I can cheer up? You know why I can, why you can cheer up? Is because there's something bigger going on. See, Jesus knew what was getting ready to transpire. He knew that his death on the cross would break us free from the enemy's plan. So not, no matter what the enemy tried or tries to throw at us in this broken world that we live in, it cannot harm us. It cannot stop the good plan that God has planned for us. It can't stop him accomplishing that in us. In this world system, we're going to have trouble. We're going to have suffering. We're going to have distress. We're going to have struggle. It's going to pile up. But the only way I can cheer up is that I trust in God's bigger plan. We have to trust in God's bigger plan in order for us to cheer up. He says, cheer up. I've got a bigger plan than what you're going through. So no matter what comes my way, God grabs it. He weaves it into making a beautiful thing in my life. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5 and 6 says this. It says, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. Now before you just go, yeah, I heard that before. It's hanging on a magnet on my fridge. Let's grab the word, put it in our heart, and let's watch this word drive out every opposing force, okay? So let's focus. Trust in the Lord. Rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. He says, don't rely on your own insight or understanding in all your ways. Know and acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I have found this in my life. Man, it's the pressure that reveals where my trust is. Do you trust in your job? Absolutely not, until you lose it. Do you trust in your money? Absolutely not, until I get an overdraft charge, you know, or I, I, uh, the economy goes bad and all my investments seem to go bye-bye. Do I trust in my own ability? No, I don't trust in my own ability. Not until I'm so overwhelmed and I can't do it in my own strength. Do you trust in your health? No, until you get the bad report. Opposition, the pressure, the struggle really reveals what we have our trust in. The place of struggle not my favorite place. By nature, man, all those, you know, like personality profile tests or Enneagram tests, you know, that determine like the basic, the foundation of who you are. Me, 
My basic foundation of who I am is I am a peace lover. I want everybody to be in harmony. I want everybody to be heard. I want everybody to get along. I am not one who enjoys the struggle. I do not enjoy the struggle. It is not my favorite place. But I have found throughout the years of my life that it's the place of pressure and struggle that has revealed to me what's really in me and who or what I've been trusting. I've lived long enough now to experience much struggle in my life. I didn't like being in the middle of it. I don't like going through it. But looking back, it's the point of struggle. When I'm in the middle of struggle, that's where I realized that it's in the struggle that I became more acquainted with the character of God. I knew that God could provide, but it wasn't until, you know, we started our business and after we first got married and things happened beyond our control and we had to go bankrupt and they were taking away our stuff and I was laying in bed almost ready to give birth hearing them pick up our car and tow it away and still was able to be peace-filled because at that point, I didn't just know God was my provider. I started experiencing him as my provider. I saw God bring money in. I saw God be faithful to us. And I can now at this point look back at that time when that business seemed to fall apart. Because that business fall, fell apart, it was at that moment when that business fell apart on the other side of it that God opened the door for us to step into being full-time youth pastors. We stepped into God's plan. Did God cause the repossession of my stuff and cause the poverty in my life? No, but in the middle of the struggle, God showed up. Man, is prosperity in my life. Would I want to go back to that point? No, never. Would I want to relive that, that season of my life? Absolutely not. But I wouldn't trade it for the world because now I don't know that God can provide. I can stand and tell you today he is my provider. How do I know that he is my healer? Because I've had God walk me through the healing process with me and, and my kids and my family members. And that's time of struggle. I wouldn't want to go back to those seasons of my life, but I can say it was the struggle that revealed, man, God's true character when I have felt betrayed and alone and misunderstood. I can say confidently that God never leaves me. God never forsakes me. He's always with me. He's that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Now, I'd never want to go back to certain seasons or struggles in my life ever. But on this side of them, I'm thankful for them because now I don't know about God in those areas. I truly know him. Trust God with all your heart. You trust someone to the degree that you know them. Trust is built on relationship, right? Yeah, 
The more I know you, the more I have the ability or opportunity or foundation to really trust you. Trust is an action word. It's one thing to say that I trust God, but it's another thing to actually act like I trust God. Trusting in God is resting in God. Trusting is God is knowing he's got you no matter what. It requires letting go. It requires a rest. It requires a, a confidence. You know, I like how my husband says this. He says, trusting God is not knowing all the details and still being okay with it because you know God. You know, trust building, being built on, on relationship, the more I know you, the more I have the ability to trust you. If you say you're going to pick me up at 5 o'clock and I truly trust you, I'm not going to worry about it all day long. I'm not going to worry, man, I wonder if they're going to show up. Man, I hope they show up. I'm not going to try to cover all my bases just in case you don't show up. If I trust you, I'm going to rest in the fact that you're going to pick me up. I trust you. I'm not going to worry about it. The only reason why I would stay awake worrying would be that your track record isn't very good, and I don't really trust you. If you say you're going to come help me clean my garage and I trust you, then I'm not going to keep begging you, are you really going to come? Are you really going to come? Are you really going to come? I'm going to be excited that I don't have to do it by myself, and I'm going to be looking forward to when you get there. When we say we trust God, trust is an action word, and God can be trusted. His yes is always yes. His promise is always sure. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 20, it says this, all the promises of God, all the things that God has promised you, household salvation, health in your body, financial blessing and freedom, uh, whatever it is, sound mind, peace, confidence, boldness, favor that surrounds you like a shield, all the promises of God are in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, God will do what he promised. God will do what he promised. Numbers 23, 19 says God isn't a man that he would lie or a human being that he would change his mind. Has he ever spoken and not done it? Has he ever promised and not fulfilled it? Let me tell you the answer to that. No. He has never promised something and not fulfilled it. He has never spoken something and it not be done. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The second part of that is lean not on your own understanding. Never rely on what you think you know. I don't know about you. My own thoughts and what I think I know has got me into trouble quite often, right? The things that we think we know, the information we get from the wrong places, the thing that we are so confident about, change. If it's not built on truth, and there's only one truth. You don't have a truth, and then I have another truth, and then my husband has another truth, and we all just live our individual truths. There's one truth. The Word of God is the truth. Then we decide if His truth is also going to become my truth, or I'm just going to live by my own understanding. And the Bible, you know what the Bible says about that? says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it's destruction. If we live our life by our own understanding, 
by what we think we know our way, or by what, by what our crazy friends think they know. We're going to get ourselves in trouble. The Bible tells a story. He says uh, in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse number 7, you can read the whole thing, but this is just the part I want to hit on. It says, at that time, Hanani the seer came to King Asa and told him. Listen to the words of what he said, because it can so apply to us, to us. I see myself in this. He comes to the king and he says, because you put your trust in the king of Aram instead of in the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. Then he says, don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians, the Libyans, and their army and all their chariots and charioteers? At that time, you relied on the Lord, and he handed them over to you. He says, remember the time you put your trust in God, and he handed the enemy over to you? And now, in this situation, you decided to put your trust in the king? You choose to put your, put your trust in your own, own way? You chose to put your trust in your own method or what seemed right to you or what made sense to you, and you missed your opportunity to see the enemy's complete destruction in your life. I find it so weird and frustrating in my own life sometimes. Man, how I can trust God and I can see his miraculous power defeat the enemy in my life so many times and then when that same opportunity arises again i try to find a different way i try to do it my own self you know god has so prospered me financially because i'm a tither and i'm a giver and i just have open hands and i know that when i sow seed into the kingdom of god that god blesses it multiplies it and gives seed back to me but then when I find, and I trust God with that and seen so much favor in my life. But yet, you know, on the other hand, when, when I find myself, oh, I got this bill due, or it just seems like financially that well or that spring has, has dried up and I'm having to believe God for something else, I try to, well, what can I do? Maybe I can get another job. I know I can get a loan. Oh, maybe I can call my parents. Maybe there's somebody, do I have hidden money somewhere? I'm gonna go dig the couch. Huh, where is my hidden money? We start relying on the king, and we miss our opportunity for God to destroy things in our life. We start living by what we know and what makes sense to us. We lean on our own understanding. We think we can do better. God has been so faithful to me. Been so many times I've put my whole trust in God and saw his provision in a big way. But then how many times that very same opportunity arises again and I try to do it another way. We have to on purpose choose to trust God. We have to choose to tr trust God because our thoughts, our ways can mess us up. You know, the children of Israel, God led the children of Israel through the wilderness and he led them right up to the good life that he promised them. All along the wilderness journey, he, provided, he proved that he was a God that could be trusted. If you read also all along the journey, the children of Israel fought against trusting him. Their thoughts of defeat, unbelief, their, the thoughts of the past, the thoughts of fear challenged them every single day the entire way. 
So they get up to the edge of God's promised place. They send in spies. All the 12 spies come out with a report. Ten of the spies lean to their own understanding. The giants are big. We look like grasshoppers. We can't do it. We can't do it. They were trusting in their own ability. Two came out and they said, it's just like God said, we're well able to go get it. The one who yields to the, yielded to the wisdom of God lived in, walked in that promised good place. And those who leaned to their own ideas, thoughts, understanding did not. Trusting God and not our own thoughts is an on-purpose daily decision. Thoughts come through your mind all the time. But trusting God is an on-purpose daily decision. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Seek him in all you do. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. In all your ways, submit to him. Do you know where you find God's will and God's way? We find it in his word. There's no other way around it in the word of God. This has been my personal life saver because when I feel the, the frustration, the insecurity, the fear that comes with believing the enemy's lie that all these things are against me. It's when, then when I have to turn my eyes to him. I do that by turning it to the word of God. What does he say about what I'm feeling? What does he say about what I'm fearing? What does he say about what I'm feeling so overwhelmed about? What does he say about my money? What does he say about my health, my relationships, my kids, my purpose? I submit to what he says. I rest in what he says. You know, the end of the verse that we read earlier in Second Chronicles, it says this. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed or trusting him. God's eyes are scanning the whole earth. Did a devotion this last week talking about how where I live, we have hawks. It's a bird of prey. They sit on a, they perch themselves high up in a tree or up high and, and they scan the field. You can see their little heads going from one side and they just sit there so patiently scanning one side to the other and they're looking for an opportunity to pounce. Now granted, they're getting ready to devour something. This is what the Bible is saying. God is scanning this earth, looking for someone who's looking for him. Think about that. God is scanning this whole earth, looking for a fully committed, trusting heart, looking for him. He's looking to show himself strong on their behalf. He's looking for someone who's committed, fully surrendered, one that's looking to him and trusting him. Again, it's easy to put our trust in the things that we can see, the system we can see, the people we can see. They can't help us like God can. 
We have to fully trust him. God can do things that I can't. He can move things that I can't. God can pr provide victory in things that I cannot. God is looking for us to look for him in the middle of the struggle so he can show himself strong on our behalf. Let me say that again to you. To you. The one sitting there like, I just feel like I'm so overwhelmed. It's all piled up. It's all on top of me. I just don't think I can do this anymore. If I, it's, a, it's all against me. It's all against me. It's all against me. Can I tell you it is not? It's a setup. God is looking for you to look to him right there in the middle of your struggle so he can show himself strong on your behalf. We're going to end with this verse right here. Romans 8, 28. It says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You are still breathing. God is still working. Let me say that again. You are still breathing. God is still working. He's gathering all the threads of your life. Those that feel dysfunctional, those that feel cool, those feel that, that feel you know, like it's going to set you over the edge, and those that have felt you know, like a great moment in your life. God is taking all those threads of your life, and he's working it all out for your good. So good, thing, good news for you this morning. All those things... They might feel like they're all against you, but honestly, it, there's a bigger picture going on, and God is taking all of those things and working out for your good. You know, my son Nick, he makes this comment quite often. You, it goes something like this, like you might not understand everything that's going on right now. You might not understand it right now, in the journey, but you will in the end. I promise you, you look to God, allow him to show up strong in your life. A year from now, you'll look back on this season, and although you ne may never, ever, 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 ever want to go back there, but you'll look back and say, man, God showed up so big and so strong in my life. I see now that God was working all of that out to get me into his perfect plan for my life. And can I remind you, God's plan for you is good. Father, we thank you this morning for who you are. God, I believe that you're doing something great, something mighty in our lives. God, help us to have a bigger perspective. God, open our eyes that we might see like you see. God, that we don't just sit in a place of complaining and pity and just feeling like it's just so hard. It might feel hard, but you're right there in the middle. And God, as we look to you, I believe you're just looking for us to show yourself strong on our behalf. And God, today, this morning, we focus our attention back on you. 
God, we open up our heart. We choose today. We make a decision. We're going to put our trust in you. I refuse to trust my own way. I refuse to trust my own opinion. I refuse to trust my own thought process. I refuse to trust in my past. I refuse to trust in what people are saying to me about me. God, I place my trust in you and your word alone, and I rest in it. And God, we truly believe, God, that you've got good. You're working it all out for our good because our heart is trusting you. God, I ask for complete peace and soundness in homes today. God, those who've been struggling with thoughts of their children, God, fearing the safety of their children or decisions that their children are making, God, I speak a total peace and calm. God, I just ask they trust you. God, those who are fearing, God, physical issues, God, I speak fear be gone in Jesus' name. God, I declare that they have been redeemed from the curse. They have nothing to fear. Health and healing is theirs because of the blood of Jesus Christ. No fear. God, those that are fearing financial loss, feeling like it's more than they can handle, God, we look to you. You're the provider. We remember it's the Lord our God that gives us the ability to get wealth in order to establish your purpose and plan here on this earth. God, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. You know, if you never received Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to do so. You know, it's simple. The Bible says, just call on the name of the Lord. Realize that your way's not getting it. That you have to just let go of your way and trust God that his way's better. The Bible says Jesus came. God loved you so much. Even in your imperfection, we all are imperfect. That he sent his son Jesus to live a perfect life and to die to give his life for us. All we have to do is open up our heart, open up our mouth, believe it and receive it in Jesus' name. Let's all pray this together. If you just want to pray that, just pray it in your home, your car, wherever you're at. Father God, thank you for the gift of your son. I believe your way is so much better and bigger than mine. I let go of my life. I surrender it to you. And I receive everything that Jesus paid for for me. Thank you, Father, for that. I choose to live your way, trusting you fully according to your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.